Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, where today we're going to discuss some of the college football week six matchups. It's crazy to think we're already in week six. We're going to talk about a handful of matchups that are going to catch some people's eye this week. Uh, We'll talk about Tennessee versus Coach Kelly and the LSU Tigers. Tennessee looking to go 5-0 and LSU looking to get its fifth win to get to 5-1, sitting 4-1 on the season. Arkansas looking to bounce back versus Mississippi State, who had a big win last week versus Texas A&M. Then we'll discuss the undefeated Kansas Jayhawks, who was ranked 19th in the nation, facing off against the also undefeated TCU Horned Frogs at 4-0. Two teams in the Big 12 undefeated. Two teams that we did not think would be undefeated at this point in the season. And then the long-awaited matchup. From the off from last year, and especially ramped up this off season with the two head coaches going back and forth, with Texas A&M traveling to the Alabama Crimson Tide, both going to be out their quarterbacks. It's going to be a grudge match. We're going to talk about that matchup today on this episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Make sure you're hitting the like button, subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Follow and rate it on Apple and iTunes. Follow me at Coach underscore Steve72. Check out all the other episodes from Illini Sports, College Sports, talking to college football coaches all over the country, college and high school. And checking out the Chicago Bears, anything there for anybody. Um, also check out the Belly Up Media Network at bellyupsports.com. Check out all the podcasts and blogs and um, everything there for everybody, ranging from all over different type of sports, different teams, and there's stuff that are not just sports-related on there, movies, TV shows, other things on there for everybody. So go check all that out, uh, please, and thank you. So we're going to talk about first, we're going to discuss the Tennessee versus LSU matchup. Tennessee is not right now the favorite. LSU is 58.3% favorited on ESPN. Um, But when you look at the spread, Tennessee is the minus three favorite. So people think Tennessee is going to lose, but the spread is minus three for Tennessee. This is going to be a big-time matchup for a couple reasons. One, Tennessee is number eight in the nation. Coach um, Leipold, not Coach Leipold, coaches there have done a very, very, very good job there of revamping Tennessee They have an amazing passing attack there. Amazing passing attack there. Um, Coach Heupel there has done a great job. I had a brain fart his name. I apologize, Coach Heupel. But his offense has been amazing. And 
they've just really turned around. They had a close encounter with Florida. And then on the flip side with the LSU Tigers, Coach Kelly there right now has LSU sitting at 4-1. and one. They lost to Florida State at the very beginning of the year. Then they beat Southern 65-17. to 17. Had a win over Mississippi State 31-16. to 16. Beat New Mexico 38 to nothing. Then they beat Auburn last week 21 to 7. It was a close matchup. Um, Coach Kelly and staff are getting the LSU Tigers a little more confidence each and every week. Auburn, you could say that was their of their, their big test was Mississippi State, and they passed that Mississippi State, you know, made a lot of mistakes. Um, but now Auburn kind of that big time matchup, but Auburn is also a dumpster fire. They're kind of like the Nebraska right now. I think Nebraska might be in a worse spot. This is going to be a really big matchup for them since the Mississippi State game. Because Tennessee right now, their defense makes plays when they need to. Their offense is amazing. They have a good quarterback. They have great wide receiving core. It's a team that could give Alabama and Georgia a little bit of an issue. So with this new defense, they're still learning at LSU. With a new offense, they're still getting a hold of LSU. This is going to be a tough time for Tennessee. But lucky for them, it is at home. I think that's why people are kind of favoriting LSU when you look at percentages of who people think who they're going to beat because it's hard to go into Death Valley and come away with a win no matter what the situation is. Um, it's going to be a fun game. And we're going to look at the stats here. LSU points per game. They score 35.6 points per game. They give up 14.8 points per game. They get 443 yards per game, 247 through the air, 196 on the ground. They give up 293 yards per game, 184 through the air, 109 on the ground. Tennessee scores 48.5 points per game, gives up 19 points per game. They get 559 yards per game, 365 through the air. 193 yards on the ground. They give up 407 yards per game, which is a ton. They have 309 through the air, 97 on the ground. So LSU is going to look to try to run the ball because they get 196 yards per game going against a good rush defense in Tennessee. So LSU may be a type of team because they give – it's going to be a passing attack. This LSU is going to have to rely heavily on their quarterback – they're going to have to try to pass the ball looking at Tennessee's defense. They give up a lot more passing yards than they do rushing yards. LSU's going to try to run the football. That's who Brian Kelly is. But this is going to come down to LSU's quarterback and wide receiver play if they're going to try to combat versus Tennessee. LSU's defense, they give up more passing yards um, than they do rushing yards. But Tennessee can run the football. So Tennessee is really balanced and so it is going to come down to how does hooker play at quarterback compared to daniels at quarterback right now he has daniels has 915 yards and six touchdowns hooker has six touchdowns but he has 1193 yards but they can run the football they're very good at running the football they're very balanced to run the football they get different guys the ball tennessee's up-tempo offense is going to be something that i don't think that lsu has really seen but this isn't going to be this is going to be a close game, but it's going to be a high scoring game. You know, this could be a ten point win for Tennessee, but it's going to be like a forty five thirty five type of score because Tennessee is going to give up the yards. Um, even though they only give up nineteen points, they're giving up the yards. And if LSU can start to get some confidence and figure this out, it's going to be a big time game. But I don't see LSU winning this game. I see more of Tennessee winning this game. Um, I'll put my picks out 
um, on social media. My picks, I am back to 12 and 14. We're moving on. You know, I was 4 and 1 over the week. Um, Mississippi State over Texas A&M, Michigan minus 10.5 versus Iowa, Oklahoma State over Baylor, and Kansas over Iowa State. I got my Oklahoma, my Oregon State plus 10.5 wrong. Um, but I can see more of a Tennessee winning this over LSU. Um, but this is going to be a fun big-time SEC game for a second-year program under Coach Heupel at Tennessee versus brand-new culture at Brian with Brian Kelly at LSU. I just don't know if LSU is quite there yet. They are starting to figure out and get some confidence and do things um, the way they probably proceeded sitting at 4-1, which is a good thing. But this is kind of where for LSU that their schedule starts to take a turn. You know, they made more plays than Mississippi State did there. They beat Auburn, but now it's Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. Now they're going to start to get into that meat grinder part of their schedule. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to come down to which defenses step up. And if LSU's um, safeties and corners can keep up with the passing attack and their outside backers, the passing attack from Tennessee, um, going to be a fun game to be a part of and watch. Um, Mississippi State versus Arkansas. Uh, Mississippi State last week um, got back on track after they got back on track after losing to LSU. They beat Bowling Green, and then they went on to play Texas A&M, who were they were down very, 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 very big last year versus them, and came back and won. Um, Mike Leach. He was like, uh, I guess I knew what they were going to do on defense. They just kept doing it. They dropped everybody. We knew what they were going to do every single time, so there was no secret. Um, there's something about Mike Leach playing off against Jimbo Fisher that he's gotten him these twice these two years um, while he's been at Mississippi State. They got the win last week, 42-24, to 24, um, which sends Texas A&M down. We'll talk about Texas A&M you know, near the end. We'll talk about the Alabama-Texas A&M matchup. Um, they will face off against Arkansas, who played Alabama last week. Um, and came away with the loss, forty-nine to twenty-six, after losing that heartbreaker missed field goal to Texas A&M the week before. So this will be a fun matchup: uh, the Air Raid versus Arkansas, um, and their up-tempo offense. Mississippi State has a very good defense, so this could be a battle of which offenses can make more plays. Um, Mike Leach's team—they always when they drop the game to LSU, they always drop a game somewhere where. Not I don't not necessarily that they weren't supposed to lose this game that game, but they just give up a game where they're right there to win it and something happens. And this is no no knock on Mike Leach. There's times that they beat teams they're not supposed to beat. They lose teams they're not supposed to lose. But just sometimes when it's when it's poised there, just somehow always happens. Um, and this is nothing against Mike Leach. To me, he's a top, you know, he's definitely in the top ten um, head coaches in all of college football. He's one of the only head coaches really that can call an offense and they can still win games. Um, when you see coaches be the coordinators or the head coach, doesn't always go well. He's one of the ones that has it go well. Um, I think they're going to be fine in this game versus Arkansas. I love Coach Pittman. I love Coach Mike Leach, but I'm more of a Mike Leach person. Um, Mississippi State scoring 38 points per game. They're giving up 21 points per game. Um, they get 440 yards per game, 346 through the air, 93 yards on the ground, which is a lot for a Mike Leach team. They give up 333 yards per game, 215 through the air, 118 on the ground. Arkansas scores 32 points per game, but they also give up 30 points per game. Um, they will get 458 yards a game. 226 through the air, 232 on the ground. They give up 432 yards per game, 289 through the air, 142 on the ground. 
So they give up a lot of passing yards, which is his poise for a Mike Leach team. Will Rogers is playing great right now. 19 touchdowns to three interceptions, 1,715 passing yards. Um, Arkansas gives up a lot of points. They give up yards through the air. So this is going to be a back-and-forth type of game. But Mississippi State, even though they're giving up higher points than what other teams want, they're still a tough team. They're still a tough defense. Um, look to Arkansas to try to run the football and force Mike Leach's offense to stay on the sideline, even though they are an up-tempo. Um, Jefferson, their quarterback, is still playing well, so they're going to still look to use him. Nine touchdowns, one interception, 1,096 yards passing. Um, rushing yard Sanders for them has 609 yards and four touchdowns. So you're going to look for them to run the football and get some RPO action going for Arkansas to combat the Mississippi State. And I'm going to try to keep Mississippi State's offense on the side and Will Rogers so he doesn't get in a rhythm. Um, this will be an evenly matched up game, I think. Um, Mississippi State 4-1, Arkansas 3-2. and two. Um, Good head coaches going back at it. One more experience as a head coach than the other. Mike Leach over Coach Sam Pittman. Coach Sam Pittman has got a good thing going at Arkansas. But it's going to come down to who makes more plays and who doesn't turn the ball over. If Will Rogers comes out and they get in a rhythm in that air raid uh, with Mississippi State, it's going to be hard for Arkansas to combat that. Uh, Because Mississippi State, by no means, is an up-tempo offense. They can just get their play in really quick because of how um, lesser plays Mike Leach has in his playbook over everybody else. Quick signals um, and able to read the defense. So look for that. Don't be surprised. If Arkansas, you know, is dropping everybody back and they're able to get some of the running backs moving around in Mississippi State, that's what's going to happen. They're not afraid to run the ball. 93 yards per game rushing is a lot for a Mike Leach team. So another great matchup, leaning towards Mississippi State winning that one. Even though I do love Coach Pittman and what he's doing at Arkansas, but leaning more towards um, Mississippi State in that particular game, but it's another great matchup. Um, A matchup that nobody thought they would talk about is TCU being 4-0. Coach Sonny Dykes comes in 4-0, taking over for legendary Gary Patterson. A TCU is 4-0, 1-0 in the Big 12, versus the number 19-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. 5-0, 2-0 in the Big 12. Who knew that Kansas would be at this position? Uh, Coach Leipold, um, he's got to turn around in year two. Are you kidding me? Um, at a place where football has been on the back burner, it's, you know, sorry, Coach Leipold, that's been a basketball school. I know I don't want to hear, well, Kentucky this. No, Kansas, that's where basketball was made, in Kansas. So it's a it's a basketball place. But in year two, I didn't know. Kansas was, had a question mark on it, but it's just hard for where the program was to see him build that up in year two, it's a really hard thing for me. It was a really hard thing for me to grasp. I would think three, four, five years. Year two, those guys are playing. They're having fun on offense. You see the clips on Twitter. They're doing unique things on offense. Their defense is flying around for Kansas. This is like the, the Orange Bowl Kansas team. It's been a long time. And TCU, same exact thing. No offense to Coach Gary Patterson whatsoever, but now they've gotten this offensive guy coming in. They're doing those things on offense, and they're having fun. TCU is known for their defense. You get Coach Sonny Dykes coming in and do some of the things from offensive perspective, and man, are they having fun down there at TCU. TCU is scoring 48.5 points per game, which is a ton. They're giving up 22 points a game. They will have 549 yards 
297 through the air, 251 on the ground, 368 yards they will give up on defense, 248 yards in the air, 120 on the ground. Kansas is scoring 41.6 points per game, giving up 24 points per game. They'll get 420 yards a game, 201 through the air, 218 on the ground. They'll give up 384 yards, 269 through the air, 115 on the ground. So same thing. They get some guys coming in. They flip up the offense a little bit, and they're scoring points. They're running the football. They're doing those things in unique ways. Um this is going to be a fun matchup who we never thought we would say. Fun, unique matchup. Like seeing the different stuff that Kansas is doing on offense. I love to see the things TCU is doing um, through the air, but also what they're getting on the ground and the play action stuff, the RPO stuff, the counter stuff that Kansas is doing, the quarterback runs Kansas is doing. And they're just kind of saying, screw it. They leave it all on the field. They're having fun. Kansas in their last... Um, five games. They beat TNTC 56 to 10. They beat West Virginia in overtime 55 to 42. They beat Houston 48 to 30. They beat Duke 35 27. Then they beat Iowa State 14 to 11. Um, TCU, uh, Dane back all the way to November, beat Iowa State, or uh, Dane all the way back to September. They beat Colorado 38 to 13. Um, they beat TAR 59 to 17, SMU 42 to 34, and then they just beat Oklahoma last week, which I didn't see coming, 55 to 24. They came in and man, they were throwing the ball all over the place. When you start throwing the ball over the place, um, then you can start to run the football, and that's why they average big time rush yards. Um, Dugan, their quarterback, just lit it up last week. Um, he has 997 total yards, passing 11 touchdowns. Daniels for Kansas. Also lighting it up, 11 touchdowns to one interception, 983 yards. Um, Miller, the running back for TCU, 386 yards and five touchdowns. Neal for Kansas, 333 yards and four touchdowns. They are just getting the ball to a bunch of different people. They are just, again, different offenses, schemes coming in, putting them in great positions to win, culture building, recruiting, knowing how to win, knowing how to sustain winning um, from these coaches. And, you know, they're up there. You know, they're in the top four. Kansas right now, right now it could be seeing number one in the Big 12, 5-0 overall, 2-0 in conference. Kansas State, 4-1 overall, 2-0 in conference. Um, Oklahoma State, 4-0, 1-0. TCU, 4-0, 1-0. So they're up there, top of the Big 12. And the over-under for Kansas was two and a half games, and I took the under. What an idiot I was. Whoever made a bet on that made a lot of money if they took the over. But this could be a big-time game. You almost have to lean with Kansas on this because of the momentum they've got going on. TCU's got the momentum, but something brewing there in Kansas, and Kansas better enjoy because Coach Coach Leipold's name throwing around for Wisconsin and Kansas already, or uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska already. Um, so they better enjoy this um, while they can before he decides to take a bigger job and it's still a division one but a bigger job than kansas of course um but that'll be a big time game uh you know we'll see what kind of momentum and if it's a cinderella type story for kansas more than tcu is more success at football we'll see if it's a um cinderella story here for kansas and how far they're going to push this season and see if they can end at 12 and 0 we're going to end with the big time matchup that we're um going to talk about it's been built up since the loss last year for Alabama versus Texas A&M. 
And then it got built up even more during the offseason when Coach Nick Saban said, you know, look at Texas A&M, they bought their players. And then Jimbo Fisher goes off talking about, you know, look at his dealings, look at what Nick Saban did, calling Nick Saban out, not by name, but saying this, saying, oh, he's the god of football. Um, Jimbo Fisher was the first assistant coach gone to be a head coach to beat Nick Saban. And then uh, Kirby Smart did in the national championship. So last year, Nick Saban lost to two former assistants. Jimbo Fisher being the first one. Um, so this has been a matchup. Everybody had October 8th circled when that thing with Jimbo Fisher came out when he called that press conference and talked about it. Everybody's had this game circled. Um, they had the number one recruiting class, um, have a guru at head coach there for offense and for Texas A&M it has not gone the way they thought, um, so far this season. Um, they, you know, they beat Sam Houston at the very beginning then they lose to App State, which is a big-time loss for them because App State has no business you know, on principle beating Texas A&M. Then they had this ugly win versus Miami, 17-9. Then they win off of a couple mistakes by Arkansas but held on to win versus Arkansas, 23-21. Then they lose to Mississippi State. Their defense could not stop Mike Leach's offense, 42-24. Um, and so... Looking at Texas A&M, that's set poised to lose and get whipped by Alabama. Well, last week versus Arkansas, Alabama won 49-26, but Bryce Young got hurt, hurt his shoulder. He was playing well. He did have the one interception, but then played well. He was 17 of 13, 173 yards before that. Then they bring in um, Jalen Milrow. He was 4 of 9, 65 yards, passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Um, but they relied heavily on the run game with Gibbs, their running back. He had 206 yards on the ground. Mill Rowe chipped in himself with 91 yards rushing. Um, and then they had a little short dink-dunk passes for him, but they really relied heavily on their run game. Arkansas couldn't stop it with the physicality of the offensive line and the physicality of the running backs. Um, but now Bryce Young questionable for this game. Um... Then coming out um, for Texas A&M, their quarterback uh, broke in hand, bone in his throwing hand. Um, so it's going to be quite interesting to see what's going to happen in this game from the quarterback perspective um, for Texas A&M. Um, I believe it was Max Johnson, I believe, that broke his hand, a bone in his hand. So it's going to be quite interesting to try to get their backup quarterback Um Ready to go for Texas A&M. I'm going to double check to make sure that I was correct in this. Yeah, Texas A&M quarterback Max Johnson has broken his hand, a bone in his throwing hand. So both teams are going to be dealing with a backup quarterback if Bryce Young's shoulder is not good to go and he's not, you know, the the Heisman Trophy is not ready to step in and go. Um so this is this is going to be an interesting game. Nobody thought that this is where they would be right now with the quarterback situation. You know, people thought Texas A&M was going to be really, really good. Alabama's been fine. They had the close call with Texas. They're five and zero, two and zero right now. Um, Alabama is three and two, one and one in the SEC. Um, they're struggling offensively, but this is similar to last year. Alabama was in a spot doing well. Um, had a little bit of. Suspect on their offensive line, I guess you could say. Texas A&M was struggling offensively at this point last year. Um, even Nick Saban is quoted by saying, we could say it's the same situation a year ago. So it's coming in, having deja vu um, with this. Um, he has a shoulder injury in Bryce Young. Um, 
they're he's day to day. I know uh, Max Johnson. They've listed a day to day, but today it came out and said that he had a broken bone in his hand. Um, it took a field goal last year for Texas A&M to win last year. Um, so Alabama is going to be um, motivated. No matter who's playing quarterback, they are motivated for two reasons. One, because of the loss last year. Two, because of what Jimbo Fisher was saying about Nick Saban. They had this game circled, and they're looking to beat them down at home. Um. So that's going to be a motivation for Alabama. What you're going to hear, all what you've heard all week, what you're going to hear all over, um, everybody's getting ready for the games for Saturday, is the quarterback situation. Young has done some things in practice, um, but there's no saying of who's going to start. Um, you know, Jalen Monroe, um, right now he's been taking most of the reps. It's been reported, but Nick Saban likes to keep those things kind of close to the vest. Um, he played the rest of the way for Alabama in that second quarter all the way through for Arkansas. But with Monroe, he's more – Bryce Young can run. But with Monroe, he can make the passes. But you're going to see – they compare it to him like a Jalen Hurts where you can do zone reads, power reads. He can run. He can make the little short throws. They could go with a situation where they start Monroe, Milroe, and have Bryce Young be the backup just in case. So that way if something does happen, they have Bryce Young coming in. Whether it's So that way he – Bryce Young is going to be ready no matter what to get the younger guy ready. I could see that's kind of where they want to go. Um Johnson, you know, is reported to have, you know, the broken bone in his hand, so it's going to be tough there sledding for a quarterback there. He's been day-to-day, but that's going to be tough for Texas A&M. Texas Aggies, they rank last in the SEC, and they're 105th in the nation in total offense with 335 yards a game. They're scoring the fewest points in the conference at 21.8 points per game. It's 108th in the country. Um Alabama ranks fourth in the nation by the allowing only 236.4 point uh, yards per game. But again, that's something that could be thrown out the window because this was a similar situation that they were in last year. But Texas A&M is, you know, we just talked about them struggling um, on offense. It's 100% true that they are struggling on offense. We've already said it, but let's repeat again. They're scoring 21 20 points per game. And Jimbo Fisher has forgotten way more football than I will ever know. But coming a guy that's claimed to be this offensive guy, and you hear people talk about it. It's not just me. You hear other college football podcasts talk about it and other shows talk about it, that the thing holding them back right now has been Jimbo Fisher's play calling. You can t- and they have talent. There is talent all over Texas A&M. Maybe not the talent of Georgia and Alabama fully, but there's some talent there. And I'm not a Texas A&M person. Never have been. Don't know why. Um, growing up, never was. Don't know why. Don't know. But there's always been talent there. And I'll tell you when there's talent. There's talent surrounding Texas A&M. But they're only scoring 21.8 points per game. Now, now the quarterback thing is going to hurt them a little bit. But they can run the football. They have guys that can run the football. They have a big offensive line. There needs to come a point where... Jimbo Fisher needs to take a step back and say, I need to hire an offensive coordinator. We can work together, but let this offensive coordinator call things. You be the CEO, focus on the overall thing like these other head coaches do. Like I said, to me, I've only seen one guy. There can be an argument made for Mike Leach to do that, but he's the only one I've seen that can really turn on programs still calling plays. 
And maybe Jimbo Fisher has too many plays going on in that folder of his where he's got all these pages, he's got the glasses on, he looks like he's filing taxes, he looks like he's a dad trying to find the warranty, like just different things. It just is weird. And then is he going to overcoach now, be too intense playing Alabama? It's just going to be an interesting thing to see. Um, to only score 21.8 points per game, only getting 334 yards, being an offensive guru, having these guys, you know, it is a little bit, eh, you know, it just doesn't feel right. Um, their defense, only giving up 17.8 points per game, so their defense is up and down. Um, but it, it, good defense coordinator, they have guys there. Um, Alabama, on the other hand, they give up 11 points per game. They're scoring 48.4 points per game. 525 yards per game, 273 through the air, 251 on the ground. They only give up 236 yards. So it's going to be coming down to quarterback play. Who can adapt to their backup quarterback better? Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban and their quarterback situation? Or uh, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M? And it's going to be at Alabama. It's going to be a hostile environment. Now, this could be a closer game right now. Alabama's minus 24. This could be a closer game because they had that big spread on Texas. Texas A&M has, quote-unquote, better athletes. They could step up and play no matter what Jimbo Fisher calls because that is sometimes the case. Players don't execute, but then as a coach, you figure out why they're not executing. Is it the plays? Is it how I'm calling it? Is it when I'm calling it? So there's a bunch of different things. So even though I'm saying these things about Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher has claimed that the plays are there, just not executing. Well, then... Why are they not executing it? It's the Justin Fields and Chicago Bears thing, but we'll get to that uh, another time. He's got to figure out why they're not executing it. How can they make them execute it? Do they have to tweak things? Do they have to do things? Maybe, you know, all these things. Alabama is just going to play angry. They're going to play mad. And they're going to come in and they're going to say, you, t- you said all these things about my coach. We're going to come after you. Flip side, Texas A&M can come in angry for saying what Nick Saban said. It, it all it all depends. It's a rivalry game thing now. It's a rival thing between those two. I'll be curious if they even talk. Jimbo Fisher claims they're fine. I'll be curious to see if they even talk before the game. I'll be curious to see whoever wins and how they shake hands after the game. I'm going to be all, all sorts of looking at that after the game. But Alabama, regardless of the quarterback situation, they will adapt better, I think, to their backup quarterback more than what Texas A&M will. Um, I think Alabama has been in that situation more often than not dealing with two quarterbacks and dealing with different packages for them. I think that will be a more more um, successful game planning on that side. No offense to the other side, but I just think they've been in that situation more. Nick Saban is a better head football coach than Jimbo Fisher, and they will be put in those situations. Look for Alabama to win that game. I don't know if it'll be by 24. Um, if Bryce Young, even if he plays, he's not going to be 100% healthy. So you're still going to see a heavy dose of run plays from Alabama. Um, play actions converted into RPOs off of that. Probably more play action off of that than all the RPO stuff. Monroe still might come in if Bryce Young plays and use him in the run game, kind of like a Tim Tebow type of thing that they did years ago. Um, so look for Alabama to win that one. But this is a heavy set matchup that we're all, we're all looking for. We're all going to be glued to the TV on on Saturday, October 8th. So that'll be a fun one. It'll be a fun one. Um, that wraps up this episode. Just want to talk about some key matchups, especially that matchup with Alabama and Texas A&M. Um, like and subscribe to YouTube channel. Follow and rate it on Apple and iTunes. Follow me at Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter. Um, check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, check out all the other episodes, all the other stuff. There's something there for almost everybody. Um, 
So check all that stuff out, please, and thank you. Um, thank you guys again. Um, this is Coach Steve, and we will see you guys next time. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.